0: Today we're reviewing the 1980 horror classic, The Shining. I'm Greg. I'm Noah. And this is Easy Talk.
1: (laughs) Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. So you heard that right. We are reviewing The Shining because we both hadn't seen it. So the other day, uh, we were... Johnny. (laughs) Or should I say, the other week, we were looking for podcast ideas, and we were thinking to ourselves, what have we not seen? What classic movie have we not seen that everybody has pretty much universally known about or loved for themselves? And so we both came to the conclusion that, of course, it had to be The Shining. Now, we're both horror movie fans, and we've watched quite a few in our day. And I would say that, for the most part, We enjoy our experience with horror movies, but know that they're normally trash. But in the sense of The Shining, I would say this one took a lot this one took a direction that was far different. It was more artistic and it's probably because it was directed by Stanley Kubrick, who is also known for Dr. Strange Love and uh, Clockwork Orange, and Eyes Wide 2001 Shot, S- A Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey uh, among, you know, other films. So, uh, of course this one had an artistic vision that was famously far separate from what Stephen King originally wrote. Uh it deviated from the book and Stephen King apparently did not like he infamously did not like the final product. Um, but audiences uh, generally agree that this is one of the better horror movies in cinematic history. But I want to know what you thought, because you were kind of dancing around it. You're like, don't tell me what you think. Don't tell me what you well, think. Well, you know, I think it's
0: more interesting if, when we're recording, we find out what each other thought about yeah, whatever we're discussing. Of course, and now I'm eager, so I want to know. Right. Well, first of all, I want to say, too, having read, there are going to be spoilers because the movie's 41 years old, so if you haven't seen it, turn us off now but don't Nin- turn us off 1980 41 years ago yes. huh yeah wow i know and uh, when it was when it premiered it was not well received i was doing a little reading on this and over time it has become known as a masterpiece that is a word that is
1: used by you know, is that well, is that true. In Wikipedia. Something. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not true, though, because I wasn't sure if it was uh, initially really well received, because I, I'm sure at the time, a horror movie like that, audiences probably didn't know what to make of it, mm-hmm. because there was probably no art house horror films. Right. Uh, the closest thing I can think of to... A masterpiece in that sense might be Alien, which came out only two years prior, 1978. That is true. That is true. And you know what's interesting? I remember when Alien came out. Mm -hmm. I
0: do not remember when The Shining came out. I know it came out in 1980 because I looked it up as I was watching it. But I just don't remember it being a cultural phenomenon the way Alien was. I know we're not here to talk about Alien. But, you know, I I was also – how old was I? I was 12 years old. So I probably wasn't – I wasn't the target market maybe I was. We'll let the
1: record show you also didn't know who John Lennon was when he passed, so. (laughs) Okay, moving along. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, but I think it's interesting uh, to look at the movie from my perspective because by the time I was able to understand and appreciate movies, uh, The Shining was already more than a cult classic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stanley Kubrick had already passed away, I think, right after Eyes Wide Shut came out Mm, and he finished development on it. Which, it was a film I is not even worth talking about. Well, I'm, I'm kind of interested in watching it now. <laughs> okay. Regardless of that fact, um, I have seen, I'd like to preface this by saying I've seen the sequel to The Shining without actually realizing it was the sequel to The Shining, and that is Doctor Sleep. I believe it came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. It, fav- uh, it has one of my favorite actors, Ewan McGregor. And that We're is just, the that is just a well-made movie that I thought was connected to the Stephen King universe. Maybe loosely to The Shining because occasionally they do this multiverse thing where there's references to other books of his or other TV or other book plots of his. But um, now that I have officially seen The Shining, it just makes me realize how amazing of a sequel Dr. Sleep really is. The best thing I can say,
0: I can say a lot of things about The Shining and and I will. But one of the things I'm quick to say about The Shining is when it was over, I really looked to watch Dr. Sleep. Mm -hmm. It used to be on HBO Max, but it's not there anymore. It's on Hulu Premium,
1: and we don't have Hulu Premium, so... Yikes. I know. Well, regardless, uh, you should definitely watch it at some uh, point in time, but I have to say, The Shining could have been a lot worse. When I say it like this, I normally... I'm normally a contrarian when it comes to what people say is amazing, especially 40 years down the line. I, I mean, I really do like a lot of older movies, but when you put so much hype against something and just tell me how amazing it is for years on end and you see the same classic scenes from it, the here's Johnny scene and, you know, the whole red rum thing, you kind of place a large expectation on it. You Red know? rub. Red <laughs> rub. <laughs> so if you've seen The Shining, that's not weird. If you haven't, then we apologize. Um, but then why are you listening There's to a spoiler? A lot of weird cast? Things still,
0: let's talk about these weird things.
1: Yeah, uh, first of all, there was um, a ton of nudity. I didn't realize uh, I that know, was right? for nineteen eighty? Yeah. Um, and maybe I maybe things like that were around at the time, but I think Stanley Kubrick also featured a lot of those themes mm-hmm. in A Clockwork Orange, which mm-hmm. was extremely controversial at the time. He already had an X-rated film out um, because A Clockwork Orange was, uh, had to be heavily edited, mm. uh, apparently. But um, The Shining also had a pretty amazing turn from Jack Nicholson. thought it was pretty amazing. Um, I'm glad you did. <clears throat> well, you know... If, you got to also think about the timing of the acting back then. Of course it seems a little bit more ham Filmmaking has come a long way in 41 years.
0: Acting has come a long way in 41 years. And that's not to say I'm taking anything away from... Well, there were some performances I thought were fine. Mm -hmm. But here's my beef. Uh There was not a deterioration, in my viewing opinion, of Jack Torrance who is played by Jack Nicholson in the film. He starts off as a little weird, mm-hmm. and it goes weirder fast. So it's not like there was this progression. And for me, it, that was a little bit of a um, a, a piece of the, the viewing experience that I did not enjoy. I'm gonna tell you I enjoyed the film. Mm-hmm. I guess it's okay to say you enjoyed The Shining, but I, overall, I thought the film was far better than I expected it to be. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I was And we did, obviously me. did not watch it together. I watched it in two sittings. How many sittings did you watch it in,
1: Noah? Uh, technically two. I watched 30 minutes with Luke last night, and uh, we turned it off, and then I watched the rest of it while I was working today. Okay. So, um, I will say that uh, your whole point mm-hmm. towards not really earning his sort of descent into darkness... Mm-hmm. I do have a theory about that later on when we discuss maybe the overall meaning of the film. Uh, but what else were you saying? What what else? Uh, what other aspects of the movie did you not quite understand? Uh,
0: well, there was. I'm not sure that as a as a as a film itself, it actually made a tremendous amount of sense. I, I was able to buy into it and enjoy the experience. And I know The Shining is is basically telepathy. People can talk to each other without speaking. Um, I thought. The music, the the film was too reliant on music for tone. Um, It was loud, it was stark,
1: it was effective, but it was overdone, in my opinion. I thought some of the sound effects were quite good and chilling, especially for something that's so old. But I will also say that occasionally the movie ramped up to volume levels where I was just thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I have to turn this down. Yeah. And then it went back down where I'm like, oh, I have to turn this up. Mm-hmm. So I, I was kind of surprised by that. But um, I will say that the Overlook Hotel is such a cool setting, setting. for uh, a movie. That was that was exactly what I was just going to say. And the whole thing about – I wish they could have used the maze mm-hmm. a little bit better um, uh, over there. And the last scene with the maze was too long. I thought the film set itself up really well. You know, he went in for that job interview – where the guy's saying, "We'll give you the job, but there's something you got to know." <laughs> and about if I this had place. been Jack Torrance, and some guy tells me
0: that somebody killed his family, yeah, with an axe, I'd be like, "Thanks very much. Have a good <laughs> winter. I'm out of here." <laughs> I mean, that was insanity. Yeah, literally. I, <laughs> I have to admit,
1: but I will also say, you knew something was a little off with Jack in the beginning. Like maybe he wasn't That's as good of a I guy mean, yeah. as perhaps he wanted to be. Uh-huh. It's. I think he said he was formerly a school teacher and he wanted to be a writer. He's kind of in between jobs, but he was and, an alcoholic writing, and, and writing and writing and I think that took his career from him. Right, and writing wasn't paying the bills, and I remember he said something about telling his wife, if I touch another drop, you can leave me. And so he wanted to keep his family together, mm-hmm. but it's almost as if his family was keeping him from the life that he did want to live.
0: He was never nice to his family. That's what bothered me. In the scene, mm-hmm. so the only time he was nice to his his family or his wife was when he called, um, I forgot her name in the film, but Shelly Duvall, yeah. uh, from the overlook and said, I think I got the job or something like that. And she was like, oh, that's great. But the next time you see them all together, they're in the car. And uh, Danny. Wendy, I think is her name. Wendy, yeah. yeah. Danny is in the backseat no seatbelt, just leaning up against you yeah. know it was yeah. you know 1980 and he says he, he's hungry and and all of a sudden his father's well you should have eaten before we left and i, I mean picked he was up on that too. he was irritated already and i thought okay so the family dynamic is not healthy already i really i would have hoped that for me the descent into
1: darkness would have been it would have been it would have been very clear where the Stark. shift happened, right, right. right? Because I think where it initially I thought it was he was starting to turn was when Wendy checked on him, you know, gave him a kiss and was saying, "How's everything going?" And he's basically saying, "When you come in here, you're distracting me." And I think that's where it truly. Started I agree to lose his
0: mind, but he was not very patient and loving to his family before that right? So
1: I wasn't surprised by that. He was very snarky Mm -hmm. to his wife Especially when she was upbeat and cheerful she brought him breakfast in bed and then you know He was kind of a little dismissive in Uh some of the ways, but you know, I also think that's sort of um, a study on how a lot of uh, uh, Husband and wife relationships were especially back in the day, you know, there was power dynamics and there wasn't really a way she couldn't stand up for herself but she could stand up for her son you know and i found that interesting because it was sad to see her be bossed around by him and i immediately didn't like the way he treated her i thought that was reprehensible so but that almost makes him a better villain because he was never quite supposed to be liked but to your point i feel like that weakens the whole turning thing because you're just like well this guy's already a jerk yeah so what? Well, and you know that
0: too because Wendy tells the doctor that Jack dislocated
1: Danny's shoulder mm-hmm. because um, he took Danny threw away all of his writing papers right, and he jerked them in his uh, drunk rage. Uh-huh. Um, and <sighs> I will tread lightly with this, but um, I <sighs> there's a lot to go over here. But certain scenes in the movie sort of highlighted a pattern of heavily suggested abuse from. Jack to Danny. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'll go over a little bit of that, but there's also a lot of small nuances in the film that were really incredible to me. For example? So uh, you might not know this. So I'm um, <clears throat> huge fan of Stephen King, and a lot of his stories set with essentially white people building something on or defiling an ancient Native American burial ground. Mm-hmm. The Overlook Hotel mm-hmm. is built on an ancient oh, Native right. American land. Pet Cemetery Mm right and exactly uh good uh reboot by the way remake very good much better than it should be yeah um anyway so you remember those parts near sort of the beginning of the film where he was throwing the ball just chucking it at the wall yes did you see what he was throwing it on no i didn't quite understand why he was doing that native american iconography Mm. so i found that interesting and i think right after those moments is when he really started to turn when sort of mm. the whole thing took place. Mm-hmm. Now, another part of the film that's interesting to me is that you know how he was always, you know, yelling at Wendy. He's like, "I have a responsibility. I have to do this. Yeah. I have to take the only time you saw somebody taking care of the hotel was really Wendy mm-hmm. when she was, you know, going around, maybe cleaning, doing so a little bit the of chores she was doing, yeah. He was always at his typewriter getting nothing done or just tossing That's the ball around. That's not true. He was typing all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yeah. And you know there's it's interesting cuz a lot of the things I've heard in popular culture actually did stem from The Shining and mm-hmm. I will say I'm amazed that I didn't receive almost any spoilers for this film. Mm-hmm. I know. Same. All things considered because so a lot we're of taking it's, care of that for everybody else who has not watched the film. <laughs> right, but you know it was all new to me. But I've spoken a lot. Tell me some of the positives, the things you really liked about this movie. Well,
0: I did like the setting a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I really liked the setting. I, I I have to say, Tony, the the imaginary friend mm-hmm. who's his finger, who lives in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And then hides in his stomach? Was just whack. I mean, that's just weird. Um, I don't
1: feel like they really did enough with
0: that. And I wonder, I haven't read the book, so I wonder what parts of the book the movie took liberties with. Um so, but your question to me was, what else did I like about the film? <clears throat> I actually thought the pacing was good um,
1: for two and a half for hours. For two and a half yeah. hours,
0: for me to watch a two and a half hour film. I mean, I watched the first hour, um, and I was it did not feel like a full hour. So I was I was I was pleased with that. Um, I thought that the um, the chef whose name escapes me. Um, I felt like there was enough, you know. The guy with the Shining.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think his name in real life was Scatman something. Okay. I, I, I can't remember, but um, his name started with an H, mm-hmm. I remember. Um, I liked the authenticity of, of his character. It was wasted, though, eventually. Oh, really? He could have been he somewhat set up anticlimactic, up be, yeah. He set himself up to be more of an all-knowing figure, more of a mentor. I agree. To I agree. Uh, Danny, but um, it makes a little bit more sense mm-hmm. once you see I thought
0: some of the imagery was, was good. Um, I mean, I, okay, how many times have I kind of see the blood coming from the elevators, right? I mean, uh, but but what, three th- times? Three times, yeah. Um, I didn't think that the, the twin girls were overdone, which I was pleased with. Yeah, they appeared maybe five
1: times, yeah, but they not were used sparingly and in a very disturbing way, I would say.
0: you know. I thought we were going to get more from the bartender when Jack goes in and he's envisioning the bartender giving him his first drink since he had been sober you know what the bartender's name was
1: no grady yeah and remember there was uh i think the person who hacked his family to death 10 years ago uh-huh. at that point in time was named charles grady yeah okay so
0: then the guy who spills his drink yes. the butler or yeah. the you know the server and then he takes him into the the restroom mm-hmm. and he's trying to Clean off his lapel or whatever, and he and he says and he tells. Yeah. I thought that was really effective. There were there were a lot of pieces of this film, I thought were effective. I also thought that, first of all, I thought I felt really badly for Danny because yeah. he is this child who is left in this in this cavernous space by himself to ride his big wheel or his tricycle um, and and play mm-hmm. by himself. And somehow or another, if I was told not to go into room two three seven, when you're a kid, what are you going to do? No, no, no. Oh, I do not go on the second floor. Oh, that's you're, what you're, I do. You're a rule follower. Okay. No, I'm scared <laughs> of, death of room two three seven. So, and as soon as the room door opens two three seven, I am so out of there.
1: Oh, you know it's it's a horror movie. I
0: know it's a horror movie. Everybody there has a penchant certain, to explore. There were certainly parts of this that felt very much like a horror movie. I have to say this at the at the end and I don't want to skip too far ahead. Um cuz I really did enjoy this film. Um at the end when she pushes Danny out the window mm-hmm. of the bathroom mm-hmm. and she's trying to get out of the window. She so could have gotten out of there.
1: Break the window. I <laughs> she had the knife she had the knife i, mean, the knife. I and, mean i mean plus what was she like this big around yeah, I, I mean know, right? I, I mean it was interesting too because the second time she tried to lift it up it got stuck more it did and it didn't go up as high right and i was like well maybe if you tried a little bit harder you uh-huh. could get through but you know it's all i, I get it it's mm-hmm. it's all for the dramatic effect yeah of the movie yeah um
0: i mean you you asked me what i liked about it and i haven't really named a lot of things but i just thought overall it was it was very effective um you know the scene where she's backing up and she has the night Oh, she has the bat.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and she's swinging it a little bit at him when he's walking. And up the I was steps.
0: surprised that she hit him with it because I, I am too. She I, got him good. She got him a couple good, times. I know, yeah, which
1: was good for her. Yeah, because normally you don't see that. You see, uh, you see him doing all the hurting. Yeah, uh, and then you know she really, she really stepped up for her family. She mm-hmm. defended, uh, she defended herself and her son very well. And I mean. I mean he really fell down the steps there he too, did. didn't he? Yeah. yeah. What
0: did you think of her acting? I thought it was terrible. I thought I would agree.
1: Um I I will say, uh, especially cast in those roles, how good can you really look when you're super scared and like, you know, you have to scream and be emotional. I, I understand. And forty years ago acting of course was different. But I have to say it just sometimes felt the emotion didn't feel palpable. It was it was like she was trying really hard. And I heard that Stanley Kubrick was really, really difficult on her. You know, they filmed that bat scene 127 times. I did not know that. 127 times. So. Well, I will say this: um, as much as I didn't love her performance,
0: <clears throat> I did think the scene that we've all seen a hundred times, mm-hmm. where he, you know, takes the axe and and goes mm-hmm. through the bathroom door, and she's there with the knife. Mm-hmm. I did feel like her demonstration of terror was quite quite good
1: quite effective i thought yeah yeah i'd be terrified right now and you know there's always another side to the argument too we always criticize it but if we were in a situation this unbelievably dangerous scary situation like that i mean wouldn't we probably react like we were you know Insane. I would have a broken wild. that window.
0: I would have gotten out on that snowbank. Yeah, and slid down the
1: Overlook Hotel. No matter what. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I'm telling you, and I love that she didn't just sit back and then just the whole he comes through the door. She took her opportunities. You know, she did. She, she took she her got opportunities. Him. She stabbed him. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a lot about Wendy mm-hmm. and what we've thought of her performance overall. I actually liked her as a character. I just thought her acting wasn't very mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me more about what you thought about Jack Nicholson's performance and why you didn't like it. Okay, so I'm not a Jack Nicholson
0: fan. I think Jack Nicholson is the same in every film. Um, I thought I think he's been very good in some films. I probably because I have seen that scene or a still of that scene, the same still that we see when you look at the the poster of The Shining. All of his acting reflected that facial expression. Um I thought it was over the top. I thought it was um, uh, less sinister and more mean and I didn't i mean I, I didn't understand the relationship between him and his son. Um,
1: I, I it was I thought it was very flat one note interesting. and you've obviously had more time to see Jack Nicholson's career and form an opinion mm-hmm. of it with the movies that you have mm-hmm. seen. Um, I will say, though, that was probably the tour de force performance. That was probably like a career-defining oh, performance. They'll back say then, that's Jack Nicholson's best performance. Was, and he, didn't even, he wasn't even nominated for an Oscar for this. That's what I'm saying. And think about Joker now. And he's won three. Think about Exactly. Think about Joker now. Mm-hmm. We find Joaquin Phoenix's performance and, um, conversely, uh, Heath Ledger's performance in 2008's The Dark Knight to be really something special, tour de forces of their time. But in 40 years, will people say that was so melodramatic, or that he was trying too hard. You know, maybe back then, when you saw it in the theater, you were like, wow, that is a man who was unhinged. I haven't seen something like this in a movie. Yeah, but that, I, that I, could be true. It's also fair to look at something from a modern lens and see how it's aged. I thought he did pretty well. Um, the reason why I thought he did such a great job was because I really disliked him as a character. Uh-huh. And I thought he played the role of just... A jerk back then who just pushed around his family and was going nowhere in life really well. And I think that speaks to the point of his character. I would have liked to see a little bit more Mm -hmm. like off-the-rails insanity from him. Mm -hmm. But overall, I thought it worked very well. Um, Tell me about some of the things that you really did not like from the movie. I thought, well, first of all, excuse me, I thought
0: the scene with the maze at the end was way too long. I thought they, I think they could have cut that entirely. And here's the thing: it was not cold because you could not see their breath. I mean, naturally, we know it wasn't snow, yeah, right? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, first of all, Danny is out there with no jacket on, which, of course, not because his mom pushed him out the window so he yeah. could get away from his crazy father. Yeah. But I just thought that was um, they, they didn't use. I didn't feel like they used Danny's experience in the maze earlier with his mother mm. to his benefit when his father was chasing him with the axe however he did make it out of the maze so mm. maybe that was the point point. and i really thought jack's demise was frankly ridiculous i mean it cut from the as soon as soon as he was Jack, left
1: i thought that was really cheesy i mean that was so and his and his face was just so yes exactly and you know i've actually seen that shot did did our
0: listeners see that face you you just made
1: i'm glad they didn't okay but i've actually seen that shot in an old meme an old old meme before you know um i thought it was a little anticlimactic honestly well you know it's exactly cut from sorry the maze into frozen jack torrance well you know basically he has nobody to help him and like he's Uh, he's gonna be alone so he's probably gonna freeze i think that would have been better left to the imagination because the film in general is open to so many different interpretations Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and to this day people have you know four five six theories on it even kubrick had a theory on Mm -hmm. how it ended he didn't even have a definitive idea Mm -hmm. like a definitive answer to how it was and um let's talk a little bit about that what do you think really happened with the Overlook Hotel. From what you understand of The Shining and whatnot, what do you think was the whole deal about it? What do you think, I guess, is the f- meaning of the film and the plot as you understand it? Well, you, you know... Re- remember the shot in 1921
0: at the very end? I thought it was 20, 1928, but maybe 21, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> That's what I was just going to say. So I guess... How do I say this? He had already been there to that hotel. So this was, I don't want to say reincarnation, but Jack Torrance had no, already been to the hotel in 1921. And he had, he was Grady. Mm-hmm. And he killed his family. Yeah, yeah. So this is fast forward however many years, 60 years, and it's a reincarnation. hmm Of Jack Torrance, yes. of Grady as Jack Torrance, Mm -hmm. who follows
1: suit with what probably happened in 1921. Right, so you just described one theory, and I think that's the reincarnation theory. Yeah. And then there's like an, an absorption theory. So basically the difference between the two theories is that, one, Jack, or a version of Jack, has always been there. Yes. and the evil that takes place every bit of evil that took place in that hotel is reincarnated into a form of a person therefore Jack is a like part of the evil that reincarnated but he was always meant to go there he was always meant to go there because it was in 1921 you know all this stuff happened Jack, the idea of Jack right. the evil man, the right. evil self-serving man who was never destined to do anything but just live a terrible poor life and then, you know, cause hurt towards the actions of other people has always been there. Why didn't it happen every year then? Well, um, I think that's a good question. I think that's something that's intentionally left open to interpretation. The other one is the whole absorption theory, saying Jack had never been there, but because of his evilness... Mm -hmm. Of course he would get this job. And it was perfect. It was perfect for because him. Because the spirits of the hotel... Because he really wasn't so different happen. from Grady. From Grady. And...
0: That makes... Honestly, I think that makes more sense to
1: me than anything. And it's more so... It absorbed all of the evil mm-hmm. inside of him. Mm-hmm. So, you remember that climactic scene with the guy in the bear costume and the butler. Oh, no, no. What was that? I'll tell you. Okay. You because the, I thought... The, so, what? as part of this theory it's heavily suggested that Jack has abused Danny in the past. You know how he says in different parts, you know I would never hurt you, mm-hmm. or you Or I would he hurt you, but he looked, his but He looks so creepy when he does it too, and you know Danny is a quiet child. He always looks so scared, timid, afraid, and of course, maybe a lot of five-year-olds don't want to speak that much, but you can tell there's some trauma done that Danny doesn't quite mm-hmm. understand, mm-hmm. doesn't know how to express, which is perhaps one of the reasons why, you know, he has the shine. Anyway, so with that scene, with the bear suit and the butler. In the absorption theory, the hotel absorbs whatever evil Jack was. What it was already there, but it just amplified it. And it absorbed Jack's being, his like id essentially, the negative parts of him and represented like what was going on in the hotel represented sort of symbolic things about his life that wasn't he- that wasn't shown before so so for example whenever jack is in that big hotel lobby Mm -hmm. there is always that bear rug but whenever Mm. danny passes by or is around there there's no bear rug so it's heavily implied that there is some sort of it it, with the way he speaks to danny the way you've heard he's already physically Mm -hmm. harmed danny there's also because Danny's seen. like you
0: would never hurt me, right daddy? I would never hurt you, Danny. Yeah,
1: yeah, and of course with abuse, a child doesn't even especially a child doesn't have the they can they couldn't fathom something mm-hmm. like that. They don't truly really understand what it is. And so um that is was symbolic of Jack's heavily implied abuse of Danny even before the alcohol or you know, and, and it's interesting too because there's different stories being told. You know how Jack says that incident happened five months ago, or mm-hmm. his wife says he's been five months sober, yes, and then he says that happened three years ago, yeah. when he's talking about the incident, uh-huh. and then there's another space where it said it happened like five years ago. Mm-hmm. there's also a theory that all of what we're seeing isn't something that necessarily happened, it's an amalgamation of the evil that has like been in the hotel, and um this is where it gets like really difficult, so wendy also never went to the second floor of the hotel. Jack did. And I don't... And Danny did. so did Danny. Danny did too, which also sort of speaks to the closer, you know, traumatized relationship between those Mm -hmm. two. But Wendy never went to the second part of the hotel, which is why she never had something affect her. Remember, she was climbing up the steps, and then she hit Jack, Mm -hmm. fell down the steps, and she didn't walk to that second part. So she didn't truly know what was going on. She knew... Something had happened to Danny with his neck. And remember when she made Jack go check for the woman upstairs in that part? Yeah. (sighs) There's, like, another theory that on a certain part of the hotel is where, like, most of the evil lies. And it's more so, like, an amalgamation of uh, where the evil was concentrated. I think that's where the hacking happened. From the Charles O'Grady yeah. type of person. So And I did think those scenes were well done where Danny looked up and he
0: could see the images of the slaughtered family.
1: I personally think that's the most effective way to do things. Yeah. Quick, yep. suggestive, yep. but not quite. But you're yep. just like what happened. But what, what was, was the happened? deal with Danny's neck? So he I think he actually was I
0: think he actually <laughs> did it himself. Or was it Tony, the the finger finger imaginary
1: friend in his mouth? No, it was it was the woman. I think the woman actually did it. Oh, oh, okay. And and let me just say, and Doctor Sleep, you will understand all of this. much I want to watch more. the sequel
0: now. It, you know what that says? That speaks well of a film when you watch it mm-hmm.
1: and you want to see the sequel. No, of course, because and I, that never happens to me. And I also think it speaks well of a film when you've seen the sequel first and then you realize how well the two gel together uh-huh. as one complete product. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know. So, uh, without giving you spoilers for Dr. Sleep, The Shining, remember, he says it's all in your head. Yeah. It's things in your head. But I think those things have the potential to actually harm him. So, he went up into room 237. That woman was chilling and, you know. <laughs> in the bathtub. Yeah, I was just <laughs> saying, revealed herself to him and just strangled him a little bit. Uh-huh. But remember, he's so traumatized by all his pain in yeah. the past, he doesn't really know how to vocalize it. He That's why he has his imaginary friend, I think, uh-huh. because it's somebody he can talk to and maybe somebody who well, ex- expresses his in inner by thoughts by myself. when I was five. I'd have an imaginary friend as well. Well, that's what I'm saying. And um, I, I think it also just speaks to the fact that Jack is a scumbag when he started, you know, kissing the woman too, yeah. without, almost without a second thought. Um, but uh, it, there's so many different layers of this film and I can't claim to have definitive knowledge mm-hmm. of some of the things that happened because a lot of this stuff is just either heavily suggested unconfirmed or just very popular theories about the film and I think that's what makes it special is because I was able to like it enough without by understanding the general concept of what Mm -hmm. happened and have bits and pieces of it in my brain Mm -hmm. but not able to understand the full picture of perhaps what it actually was yeah well it's open to interpretation yes no
0: question and I think that's what makes it makes it interesting there were there were a lot of good things about this film I liked it a lot Mm. um how many z's would you give it z
1: on a one to five scale one to five scale I would probably say three and a half or four. Yeah, I knew you would, yeah.
0: I'm going to give it four. Yeah. I was really surprised. You know I don't love old movies. I I'm, like
1: them more than you do, of course. I'm very surprised with that for you because normally you see a movie and you're like, oh, that wasn't as good as everybody was saying, especially a movie of this level yeah. of hype and given that you don't really love Jack. And
0: Stephen King movies tend not to be all
1: that good. I mean, there have and been a few a exceptions. it's film. Right, too. It's amazing that you actually
0: found a lot to dissect I thought it us. was... I th- I, you know, honestly, the Overlook was a huge win for me. I thought mm-hmm. the setting was, was creepy. And, you know... And I know we need to wrap this up, but I'll, I'll say that, you know, sometimes uh, as a kid, I remember, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in church as a kid. Right. And being alone... Uh, in church, yeah, it, it's a big space with lots of rooms. It your, can be your kind mind, of creepy. Your
1: mind tells you things which that is isn't there. Really kind of ridiculous when you think about church. Well, it, of course, you but, know, but you know, it, it's it's also something like a hotel it shouldn't be scary either. That right? Yeah, true. True. You know, uh, it, it's uh, I understand. I understand that though. I, but
0: knowing you're the only ones there, hearing mm-hmm. any sound, I'd be like, uh, no. Well, of course, I'm out. Exactly. So I think that I would be talking on that on
1: that radio mm-hmm. to those those guys. I remember the radio? He disabled it. He disabled it. Yeah. yeah. But I I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is also an extreme strength of horror films when they don't just go for, you know, the haunted forest or maybe the haunted house, which can work effectively. Mm-hmm. But if you present a very strong, unique, and well used setting. Uh, that is where some of the best f- horror films lie yeah. for me. Because that's really all about where it is. That determines the conditions of the survivors, their environment, how they're going to react to things, what kind of environmental terror there can be. So I thought The Shining did a really good job of suggesting a lot of things and sort of playing with your mind, psychological sort of thriller, mm-hmm. rather than being outwardly in-your-face jump scares. And, and that's I what I appreciate Because it's a 41-year-old
0: movie, <laughs> frankly, our our expectations were lower. Yeah. At least mine were. And I was pleasantly surprised. And if I can watch a two and a half hour film and feel like it didn't last two and a half hours, that right there is a win. And this did not feel... I will say the ballroom scene in the gold room, I was a little tired of that. The scene at the bar, I was like, okay, shorten this up a little bit. But, Fair enough. you enough. Know, but I also have to give props to one more scene and then I'll stop. Of course. When after she knocked him out with the bat and she drags him into the the pantry or whatever it is. Yeah, the walk-in. The walk-in. Uh, fridge. Yeah. 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 Um, I was really pleased that she got out of there. Uh Now, watch the rest of the film and you know what happens and how he gets out of there. But I was really pleased that as he was waking up, he wasn't strong enough to Mm -hmm. pull her down and then get out by himself.
1: She was smart enough to lock him in there. There weren't too many tropey things in this. I, I, I agreed. And you know what I was really glad about? You know, when he was trying to manipulate her by being like, you know, honey, you know. Just, oh, just yeah. Let me out. And she didn't fall I'm for it. I'm so glad she didn't fall for I that. Know. Because, you know, that happens. That, that happens. happens It's such an easy yeah. horror. Yeah, no, films. agreed. agreed. Uh, so I thought it did a lot of things differently. But then again, this set the groundwork for a lot of the horror films we know today. Yeah. And I have to say, the fact that you enjoyed this that much and given its length and just the genre of the movie, this is a huge win for you. I think it was almost worth waiting 41 years to watch. And you know what? I, I think that's the best movie-watching experience that you can have when it's worth the wait. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. So uh, you would give it four Zs out four of five? Four Zs out of five. Yeah. Um, I would say just by nature of uh, being a little bit more accurate, I would give it four as well. It, it was thought-provoking. It was interesting. It was entertaining. And it's it's very much a conversation and starter. Effective. I, I would I would definitely say why people... I, I can see why people like it so much. Right. So cool. Okay. So thank you so much for listening to our episode. Uh, I'm sure most of you, if uh, not all, have seen The Shining. But uh, if you haven't and you know us, of course, uh, let us know your thoughts. And if you want to uh, give it a look for yourself, definitely watch uh, Doctor Sleep. That is my recommendation for the podcast. Do you have any recommendations in terms of films mm. or horror movies? Uh,
0: yes. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend um a horror movie Mm -hmm. and uh what's my favorite horror movie is it not alien no no i'm not you know i'm not into these conjuring films they're fine but i don't i don't think they're scary enough yeah Yeah, there's a third one that's coming on hbo max so maybe that will be a a summertime episode for us to review or
1: something like that that is the worst title too what's it called the conjuring three the devil made me do it how, doesn't yeah. that sound like a direct to uh, video? Yeah, type, which cuts to video Max. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm you stumped me here. I, I don't. I don't have a horror film to. I have a horror film not to recommend. To rec- recommend, not to watch. And what's that? Hereditary. Oh, okay, gotta come go. on, <laughs> 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 All right.
1: Well, thank you so much for listening. And don't watch The Exorcist either. It's highly. Overrated. Oh, Rosemary's Baby. That's a good one. Okay. very
0: effective. Heavy on the music. But it's all tone. You don't really see anything, but it's uh, it's very good. And that's from the 70s. So
1: yeah, highly recommend. It. Well, fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been a review of The Shining, uh, and we're glad we watched it. We so are. I'm Noah. I'm Greg, and this is Easy Talk.